Now, we're going to read from Exodus chapter 12. Um, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up our study of Exodus chapter 12. Um, uh, for those of you who've been around, you know that, that I, we, we do this. We use this chapter pretty much every time for a long time that we have the Lord's Supper. It's the place that is Exodus 12 is the place where the Passover was, was, was instituted. Um, and what I've sought to do over these, I don't know, 10 or 11 months or so, is to show you the connection of this, the Lord's Supper, with, with this, the Passover. Um, I, I've sought to show you the connection between this and that, and the gospel implications that are, that are just replete. They're, they're just, it's just full of gospel implication in Exodus chapter 12, and that's what I've tried to show you as kind of a, a way to prepare you um, for this sacrament. You know, the Apostle Paul did the same thing. Um, the, that's the way the Apostle Paul taught. If you'll, if you'll study the book of Romans, for instance, you'll find that he was constantly rooting his teaching in Old Testament truth. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to root this in Old Testament origins. And I've sought to show you that over these past months. So let's continue to do that. I'm going to read to you just... Oh, a paragraph, a brief one, starting at verse 43. You follow as, as I read. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it, but every slave that is bought for money may eat of it after you have circumcised him. No foreigner or hired servant may eat of it. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house, and you shall not break any of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. If a stranger shall sojourn with you and would keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Then he may come near and keep it. He shall be as a native of the land, but no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. There shall be one law for the native and for the stranger who sojourns among you. The grass withers and the flower fades the word of our God, that endures forever. What you find taking place in this text is that the Lord takes Moses and Aaron aside and he says to them, I've got some rules for you, rules that I want to see you enforce uh, concerning the Lord, uh, the the, the Passover. Um, And um, so listen up. Now, he has given us several rules throughout the chapter. Um, I mean, there was to be a, a lamb without blemish. That's a rule. That's a precept. It was to be roasted, not boiled. That's another. The, the, the chapter 12 is full of little rules about how this Passover was to be observed. This is just kind of the final set of rules that God has in terms of um, this Passover meal, this very significant sacramental meal um, in the life of Israel. Now, of those rules, that there's three or four of them mentioned in our text this morning. I, I want to draw your attention to two. Um, first of all, in verse 43, it says, No foreigner shall eat of it. There is to be an absolute exclusion of all those who are uncircumcised. There is to be, about this supper... An exclusivity. 
which, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is one of the criticisms that is leveled against Christianity by the modern by modern people, um, saying that Christianity is so exclusive, etc. And um, you know, I, I've never really figured out why somebody would want to take this meal, the Passover, if they if they didn't belong to Jehovah. It would seem to me that that these kind of rules would would lessen hypocrisy. But but interestingly enough, a non-Jew. Um, an uncircumcised foreigner um, had left Egypt with Israel, but had remained uncircumcised. Um, they didn't particularly like the gods of Egypt, but nor were they fond of Yahweh. And so they just kind of went out with Israel, but didn't want to buy in. Let's just call them unconverted church members. Um, you know, people who are, who are of us, or they're with us, but they're not of us. And yet, um, even in light of this exclusivity, you'll notice in verse 48, that were these foreigners, these uncircumcised folk... Were they to submit to circumcision, then they were permitted to partake. Even though they were a non-Jew, because circumcision identified them as, as a part of the people of Yahweh. Their, their, their circumcision was a symbol of their conversion to Yahweh. And then, then one other thing I want you to see is that in verse 44, every slave that is bought for money may eat of it after you've circumcised them. You see, a circumcised, converted slave was to be admitted to this Passover meal with complete religious equality. Um, you see, there was to be an exclusivity about this supper, but there was also to be an inclusivity. That is, nothing, folks, is as inclusive as is the Passover. No, no barriers of race or nationality or gender or, or pedigree or intelligence or accomplishment. The only thing that really mattered was your conversion, or at least you, the absence of that conversion. This Passover meal was the most culturally diverse Worshipping people that had ever existed. Um, you know, you, talk, you hear me talk about fencing the table. You know, I usually use that word, that term, right before we, um, we uh, um, distribute the elements. And, and that term may be somewhat uh, new to you, fencing the table. What is that all about? Well, folks, it comes from 1 Corinthians 11. Let me read you just... Three quick verses. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment to himself. And so what I'm saying is we fence the table. We build a fence around it. And that fence is open to anyone who knows and loves the Lord Jesus Christ. But that fence is closed. 
That, that fence is closed to anyone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this first rule that I draw your attention to, no foreigner shall eat of it. What I'm, what I'm saying is the grounds of our inclusion, inclusion is Christ. Not obedience to some ten commandments like Judaism, not not uh, following some eightfold path like Buddhism, not upholding the fivefold pillars of Islam. The grounds of inclusion is Christ. But the grounds of exclusion is Christ. Not some bad thing. Oh, I did a bad thing, therefore I'm not a part. No. The grounds of my inclusion is Christ. The grounds of my exclusion is Christ. It's not the bad things that I did, no. It's that I don't belong to Christ. Now, one other thing, and, and I'll do this quickly. There's a mention in there about don't break any of the bones. Did you, did you see that? What is that all about? Don't break any of the lamb's bones. Well, um, you know, one commentator said it was because the lamb symbolized the unity of Israel and therefore it wasn't to be broken any bones. Maybe. Another, another commentator said that it's, um, it's because of we're supposed to handle the lamb with reverence and, and care, perhaps. But ladies and gentlemen, something that was certainly intended by this little statement in Exodus 12 is a reference... To Jesus Christ. Can I read it to you? It's in John 19. It says, but when they came to Jesus and saw that this was when he was being crucified. When they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side um, with a spear and at once there came out blood and water. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. Now gang, this is simple. But do you see it? The provision in the Passover back here, in Exodus 12, is to prepare you for something about the Messiah up here in John 19. What you're getting in Exodus 12 is just another messianic prediction. That when the Messiah arrives, none of his bones will be broken. So when y'all, you know, um, 4,000 years before he's ever born, have the Passover, don't break any of the bones. What's that about? Oh, <clears throat> I know what it's about. From the perspective of the New Testament, I know what it's about. It's simply reminding me that a Messiah is on the way and he's being predicted way back here in Exodus 12. Did you get that? Guys, there is no religion that is at the same time more inclusive and more exclusive than is Christianity. The grounds of my inclusion, Christ. The grounds of my exclusion, 
Christ. Jesus Christ is the entrance and the exit. This meal is for all the circumcised of heart. No matter who you are or what you've done. And I want you to know that as we approach this table, if we belong to Jesus Christ, we all come on equal footing. You know, ladies and gentlemen, what is it? What is it that gives me an instant camaraderie with a young African mother straight from the jungles of Africa? What is it? It's our mutual connection to Jesus Christ. I have more in common with a, a, an African female single young mother than I do with some people in my own neighborhood. And you know what gives us that camaraderie? Christ. He is the grounds of our inclusion. And he is also the grounds of One's exclusion. This supper is an invitation to everybody, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are. If you belong to Christ, come. But if you don't belong to Christ, stay. But if you don't belong to Christ, you can change that where you sit. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that you will meet us around this table, that you will remind us that these elements, though common, though things that we buy at the grocery store, they are, they are packed with rich symbolic value for the next few minutes. That they are designed to remind us that Jesus Christ is, is the grounds of our inclusion, but without him, we are indeed excluded. So meet your people around this table, Father, and might our souls be nourished as we remember the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ for sinners such as I. We pray it in Jesus' name.